All right, good afternoon, good afternoon, beautiful people, good afternoon, welcome, welcome to Sunday service. Hey, uh, we're so happy to have you guys here. Uh, you guys woke up really early to watch the game, right? It was an exciting game. I know you guys were there. If you guys weren't, you know, don't worry about it. You guys can catch the highlights later, okay? Um, hey, I'm glad, you guys, glad to have you guys here on Sunday service. Hey, you know, we, uh, we just got back, all of you just got back last week from our leadership retreat. You know, we've been um, praying. We prayed for you guys. We prayed for our church coming year 2023. We've been preparing ourselves, and we just hope that this coming year, God's going to do something amazing in our community, that God's going to lead us and really transform our people, our community, and the world around us. So we're, we're looking forward to that, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, being part of um, uh, something big here at TLC. Uh, under the hands of God. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's Christmas season, and so let me, let, me, let me share with you a word today uh, on this. You know, my, um, I ask my son, Seth, every Christmas day uh, the same questions ever since he can respond to me. Uh, I ask him very simply, why do you love Christmas? Okay? Uh, it's a very loaded question, right? <laughs> And, and as you ask him, you can see the, you can see the struggle in his eyes. Okay? Because on one hand, being the pastor's kid, he knows the right answer. He knows exactly what he needs to say. On the other hand, being a sinner, he knows what's really truth in his heart, what he really wants to say. And he also knows that being his father's son, right, he cannot lie to me, right? At least not yet. And so what does he say? He says, why do you love Christmas, Seth? He says, because I love Jesus, but I also really love Presence Dad, right? It's an honest answer. It's an honest answer. So I can't fault the kid for that, right? It's an honest answer. And if we are being honest, our answer might be somewhat similar too, right? Christmas season comes, and we know it's about Christ. We know it's about Jesus. We know it's the whole thing here. But sometimes, honestly, we, 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 we engage in the season with a desire for something else. And that's why every Christmas season, before Christmas comes, I just, I just want to share with you, uh, with you guys, a word that, that, that's to remind you, at least as you are engaging and about to engage and plan, and, and before you run out to the malls for the last presents and stand in line for hours upon hours for it, before you get caught up in the whole uh, commerce of it all, I wanted to give you guys a reminder about the heart of Christmas. Just, just, just to lay it on for you guys, once again, the heart behind Christmas. And out of appreciation and love for the two staff that we've hired um, this past year, uh, to let them know how much I've learned from them and how much I appreciate their presence and their, how much their fresh eyes have um, uh, brought a little bit of light energy to our community, right? For them, I'm going to give you a sermon in a sentence, right? So, so as they like to say, if you forget everything I've said today, <laughs> if you don't remember anything I've preached about, remember this line, because this is the sermon in a sentence. <laughs> this is the take-home message to answer the question, what is the heart of Christmas? And my sermon in a sentence is this, and if you guys have notes, you guys can follow along, right? Sermon in a sentence, unexpected ultimate light through the God-man, which can only be received by grace. 
What is the heart of Christmas? It is the unexpected ultimate light through the God-man which can only be received by light. I know, we're very long. I know, every single time. But, you know, out of love and appreciation. So let's start. Uh, if you go open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 9, we'll start there. What is the heart of Christmas? What is the heart of Christmas? Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1. Let me read that to you guys. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1. And it's a very beautiful passage. It is a, uh, a foretaste, a, a, a prophecy of this Christmas season. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. What is the heart of Christmas? The heart of Christmas is this, it's unexpected. But the heart of Christmas is unexpected because the way God begins to start his work was not through something great. Because sometimes when you think of, of, of God doing something or of you doing something, it should come from someone's great, some area that's amazing, some area that's alive and, and, and vibrant and robust. But the way that God begins his work is he begins in no man's land, in a place called Galilee. And Galilee is like the, uh, the backward town of today. No one expects anything good to come from there. You, you would think something good would come from L.A., from Hollywood, from New York, from Boston, right, from Houston, anywhere of those big cities. But God did not, did not start there. It was unexpected. The heart of Christmas is unexpe- this unexpected act of God. Jesus' birth, his upbringing, the way he began to do his ministry, his family background, there were no marks of greatness. Nothing, nothing to... Um, to delight in, nothing to say like, wow, nothing in his beauty or his majesty that we should, um, that we should uh, love him for. There's nothing to attract us to him. Everything that we would attribute to greatness, what does God do? He had none of that. And out of the obs- obs- obscurity, out of the margin, out of the weakness he brought about something that has amazing and great strength. The point is, in that obscurity, there was a glorious beauty, and nobody saw it. And that's exactly what God loves to do. The heart of Christmas is unexpected. The heart of Christmas is God teaching you to see things with a different eyesight, see things through a different lens, to see things, to see the beauty in the unexpected, the obscurity. Those dreams, those deemed insignificant and unimportant. See, the heart of Christmas is not just about looking at the people you love and the people you like and hanging out with those that you are enjoying. The heart of Christmas is reminding you, do you have the eyes to see that there is no such thing as a lost cause? The heart of Christmas is the ability to have the, 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 the mindset that those who are poor, marginalized, left uh, on the sidelines, maybe it's those who people don't really appreciate or look at, that those are the very people that God uses. And those are the very same people in whom you pass by. How do you view people? How have you treated people? Those who can't give you anything in return. I always tell young ladies, 
how do you know if a guy is worth keeping? Just, you know, initial. All right, ladies, take notes. Guys, take notes, okay? When you take uh, your, your boyfriend or whatever to a, to a place and there's a bunch of kids, just watch what he does to the kids. Is he going to play with the kids or does he ignore the kids? Because why? The kids can't give nothing to him, right? And yet if they still can't give anything to him but he's still engaging them, it's not bad. Not, not a bad dude, okay? But if he's ignoring them, that guy is self-centered. If, he, if, if, his, if his eyes can only see, right, what's um, of value, what he can get from somebody, it's not worth it. You see, how do you view people is at the heart of Christmas. See, we, in, in, our, in our culture, in our life, we, we, we bypass those who we don't deem important, the guy on the street holding the sign. And we have all these excuses to say, you know, he's probably cheating us. He's probably actually driving a Porsche. I don't know why he's out there. There's a lot of reasons why. And so we create this numbing, this numbing attitude where our reflexes, instead of thinking of how to help, how to see a need, how to provide care, our numbing reflexes to ignore, to bypass, to look away, to see not important. And yet, and yet, God works in the most unexpected ways. He drew a man, his son, out of a place called Galilee. He raised him in the humble home of a carpenter. He was a blue-collar worker, making pennies on the dollar. People in whom you, sometimes us, me, would bypass because we somehow feel that they're not as important to us. So the heart of Christmas, church, is to look at the unexpected. This, this is actually great news for you. You know why? Because that means that, that God can actually use you. See, I know that a lot of you guys will believe that God does great things through people. But sometimes you don't actually believe that he can do great things through you. Like, who are you? Who am I that God would use? I'm not very good with the word. I fumble over things. I put my foot in my mouth all the time. How can God possibly use me? How can I possibly be a vessel and a tool in his hand? But you're the exact person that God wants to use. You are the exact architect of the very thing that God wants to use because he will not use someone who has it all there, who believes that they're all there, whose ego is so high. He uses those who recognize that they have nothing to give. And out of that humbleness, he raises beauty. The heart of Christmas, church, is to realize that God wants us to look at things that are unexpected. Look at verse 2. What is the heart of Christmas? It's unexpected, but the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned, and you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. The heart, what is the heart of Christmas? It is unexpected, but there is an ultimate light. Unexpected, ultimate light. You know what that means? The, 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 the people walking in darkness, they've seen a light. They've lived in the shadow of death, and they've seen a light. Light and life, they go together, okay? Without light, we die. 
To live in the shadow of death, it means this. It's, it's reality. You, the moment you are born, you begin to die. The moment you begin to take your first breath, you are beginning the process of your last breath. You begin to die the moment you are born, and you're moving towards this shadow of death. And can I tell you, a life like that, and if, you, if, you, if you were discerning enough, and if you guys are sitting here and you're thinking like, yeah, I find meaning in life, I find meaning with my friends, and meaning in family, there will be a day when the last star would fade away, and the last breath of the universe would disappear, and there will be nothing left, utter total darkness. And everything that you have lived for, everything that you have known will be absolutely meaningless. Do you recognize that? See, without God, without God, your life is absolutely meaningless. What are you chasing after? How long will that last? I'm living for my family. They will not be remembered. I'm living for a career to pass on to the next generation. That too will be gone. Without God, your life is meaningless. There is a living in the shadow of death. There's a deep darkness that hangs over humanity. And you will not be remembered. It's depressing, isn't it? Sometimes we don't think that, like that because if we, if we think that far, it, it leaves us in a place of kind of darkness, right? It leaves us kind of place that's kind of hopeless. And can I tell you, we live in a generation that is so filled with darkness and hopelessness. A generation of sons and daughters so depressed, searching and yearning, chasing, chasing and chasing one thing after another, trying to find something that will give them a purpose and a meaning in life. And when they thought they had it, they begin to realize it does not last. It comes and it goes, and they chase again a relationship, a job, a career, future family, future prospect. They keep chasing and chasing, and they're thinking, eventually something's going to give me meaning, or you know what, I'll die, and it's just everything's going to be whatever. Can I tell you, whatever you live for, There is a shadow of darkness that hangs over humanity. And without a God in this world, you will breathe your last breath on this earth, and there will be absolutely no reason for it. There is no meaning to your life. But, but, what does the Bible say? The people walking in darkness, chasing, have seen a great light an ultimate light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, those whose life is just moving towards death, and there's nothing more to that, those, a light has dawned. The Bible gives us this amazing picture that the heart of Christmas tells us in the midst of this living, this dark shadow that looms over humanity, there is a beam of light, a beam of hope, a beam of greatness that is piercing through this darkness that tells you, yes, Before me, there was nothing, but in this light, there is hope. There is hope. There is purpose. There is meaning. There is direction. There is trajectory. There is hope. And what is that light? And and, and the thing is this. We carry that light in our lives. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you carry that light, that beam of hope in your life. 
on an everyday basis, okay? Our obedience to the word of God either magnifies and reflects that light to those around you or it dims it. No one can see it. Either you obey and that light is magnified and reflects to the world around you, bringing and piercing hope to those around you, or there's a disobedience about you. There is no reflection. And you walk with all the others in the shadow of death. We care, the heart of Christmas is this. There's an ultimate light of hope. You guys get that? There's hope for you. There is hope in your life. There is hope in your struggles. There is hope in your darkness. There is hope in your depression. There is hope in your emptiness. There is hope in your lostness. There is hope because in the darkness, the people says, there was a light that dawned. It pierces through the darkness and it tells us what? There is something more. So much more beautiful. And if you are a believer, and during this Christmas season, the heart of Christmas is for you to be the bearer, the reflector, the one who magnifies that light, not dim it for those around you. You have the responsibility to show the world there is a hope behind them, not for them to run around chasing their tails, trying to find some sort of sense of happiness in the midst of possessions and materials, but there is a hope for tomorrow. There's a hope more than the physical objects that they hold in their hands that will fade away tomorrow. That there is a hope. There's something so much more beautiful behind the veil. But what is that light? What is that light that pierces through the darkness? What is that light that begins to shine through the shadow of death? That light, the Bible says, the book of Revelations, when all things were made new, when everything was, when death is conquered, no aging, no sickness, all things are new. It says this, there is, there is no sun. There is no sun, for God and the Lamb will be the light of the world. Jesus is that light. There's an ultimate light. Jesus, there is an ultimate light, and in that light, nothing dies. Jesus is that light. Do you, do you guys know what I'm saying? The heart of Christmas is an ultimate light of hope, which you carry as believers. And if you're not a believer, it is the promise that it's there. If you find yourself saddened this season, if you find yourself that nothing seems to fill a need, a purpose, you find yourself even more lost, more confused, if you find yourself in a place that overwhelming and you just don't want to move or think, or feel, the word of God today tells you this, there's a light, there's a hope, that even that will pass from darkness to light. Even that sensation, the feeling, the, the, the lostness of it all will pass, and a light is going to dawn. And if you are a believer, your job, your job is to magnify that light. Your job is to let the world know that this light is real, that Jesus Christ is real. That he is the hope of the world. That he is the blessing to this world. That he is the savior of this world. It is the ultimate light of hope which you carry in you to give unto others. Your obedience to God is not a religious stance. You guys get that? Christians, your obedience to God 
is not your way of getting into heaven. Your obedience to God is not your ticket into heaven. Your obedience to God is the way in which he uses to, it's, it's the, the vehicle of transmission for which that light passes from you into another. What is the heart of Christmas? It is an ultimate light of hope which you carry, sons and daughters. And it's an ultimate light of hope, friends and family, that is out there for you. But how? How is Jesus the light of hope? Look at verse 6 to 7. But to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What is the heart of Christmas? Jesus, the God-man. Jesus, the God-man. For unto us a child is born. Meaning this child, the reason why we have all this, the reason why we have all this hope, right, is from this child. This child. And these, these titles that begin, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, you can give only to God. Right? Two of them are divine. Two of them are implied that he is the mighty God. Everlasting Father, there's nothing like this in any other faith. He is divine. This Jesus, God, man, he is divine. He is holy. He is set apart. He is God himself, and yet, and yet he is born. He is God and man. And there's like nothing that we have seen this ever in any other faith out there, any other religion, any other philosophy, that God will become man to walk in your place, to know exactly how you feel. You want to know what depression is? He has undergone depression. You want to know what sadness is? He has undergone sadness. If you want to know what isolation meant, he has been isolated from God the Father more in such a deep and universal and, and cosmic way that you can't possibly even fathom. For whatever he is, wherever what you are, he knows because he is a man. And yet, and yet... He is God, divine. And this is what Christmas is all about. It means that Jesus is God. The baby born in a manger is God. And the heart of Christmas is deciding what you will do with this baby. What will you do with this baby? The very face of God. What will you do with this baby? We know, we know that the heart of Christmas is unexpected. For us to have better eyes, to view people in a different light, not to pass them by, but to look at them the way God will look at them. That the ordinary becomes extraordinary in the hands of God. That you view people not as lost causes, but that even in lost causes, the, the world will see. You see them with potential because why? God is seeing them that way. You know the heart of Christmas is about the ultimate light. There's a hope there, but then you see that there's a baby there's an actual person that is the heart of Christmas. There's an actual person. What are you going to do with this baby? 
And you can't just like him. You can't just like Jesus. I like him. He's cool. Right? I like what he's about. See, it comes down to this. Either you will hate him, either you will want to kill him, either you will run from him because you think he's crazy. But what he has declared himself to be, both man and God, you can only do two things. Either you can receive him or you reject him. There is no other way. There is no middle ground. What will you do with this person? The heart of Christmas is to ask the question, what will you do with this child that has been born who is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace? What will you do? Will you receive him or will you reject him? Because he's wonderful, it means that he's beautiful. He is the source of all that is beautiful. You worship him because of who he is and what he has done. And more than that, he is someone who understands you because God became man. He suffered. Your pain is now not new to him. Your pain is not something that's beyond his understanding. Your pain is, 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 <clears throat> is not beyond his love. Look, I, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know why. If you're really suffering out there, church, if, if you're out there and you're, and you're just like, why am I suffering then? Why, if God is so good, if God is so loving, if God is so great for me, and he's this baby born in the manger to come and save me, why am I still suffering? Why am I going through this pain? I'll tell you this. I don't know why you're going through your specific pain. I don't know what, what situation in your life, what consequences came through that you're going through, the pain that you're going through. But I can tell you this. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he is far from you. It's not because he didn't choose. He died on the cross for you. He came as a man to understand you. He came so that he can walk in the very shoes and face the very suffering that you are now facing even ten times more. And it's not because. Why are you going through it? It's not because. He can, it cannot be because he doesn't love you. So though I do not know the reason for your specific suffering, I can tell you this. It cannot be because he does not understand you. And the question that I want to ask to my believers at the heart of Christmas, if this is the baby born to us, and we're supposed, what are we supposed to do with this baby? Is Jesus that we're supposed to offer? The question that I have to ask you is, is Jesus visible in your life? In the midst of Christmas, the midst of the ups and downs, all the things you do, is Jesus visible in your life? Who do people see you worshiping this Christmas? Is it the almighty dollar? Are you going to attend worship in the department stores of commerce? Are you the slave to the machinery of capital? No, you guys hate it, but still a slave to it? What is most visible in your life? Do you worship the God who became man? Is your worship him not just confined to a sanctuary, but that your worship of him is seen in spirit and truth to the world around you? Are you a servant to the one who sets you free and sends you out to set others free? What is the heart of Christmas, church? It is Jesus 
becoming man, and you have to decide what you're going to do with this baby. Is it to receive or is it to reject? It is to live your life this season as if he is not real or to live your life as if he is everything to you. What will you do? The heart of Christmas is unexpected. It's an ultimate light. It is Jesus, the God-man. Here's the last thing. Look at verse 5 to 6 again. And every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. You know what this picture is? This is a picture of all of that hard work, all of that day-to-day slavering, slaving into work, into, into the life of here. All of this constant battles in your life, will be do, what, what would happen? It will be rolled up, destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For why? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. You know what this means? The heart of Christmas is that, yes, there is a baby that you are to receive. It is Jesus, the God-man, that you are to receive, but this cannot be earned. It must be given. You cannot earn your way into God's good graces. It must be given to you. The Bible says, for to us, a son is given. You cannot earn this. You cannot work your goodness so that you can feel like I've made it. It has to be given. He came to give us what we didn't deserve. Because if he, listen, if if he came, if he came to give us what we deserve, you know what would happen? We will be wiped off the face of the earth. Jesus, he's not coming to destroy evil with mere strength because the evil is found in all of us. If If he was going to come and destroy evil all at once, if you say, I wish Jesus would, if Christmas is all about Jesus, why would he come and get rid of all the bad people? You know what's so scary about that? We're all bad. Say, I'm not that bad. Yeah, you are. At the heart of your heart, you know you're selfish. You know that you're bent towards what you want and what you desire. And if God was to come in mere strength to eradicate all evil, he would eradicate the whole world. But he did not come. With mere strength, he came what? As a baby. The heart of Christmas, see, he came as a gift. He came in weakness. So that why? So that he can bring you into life. He came as a lamb. He has come to bore our griefs, to carry our sorrows, to be pierced for our transgression, crushed for our iniquities. He took the cross for us. This great salvation that he's offered is a gift. It is a gift to you. And the only way you can receive it is to admit that it is a gift. Let me tell you guys, some gifts are hard to swallow, right? Some gifts are really hard to swallow. If, If you get a gift on Christmas, like a book about dieting, right, someone just say, Here's your Christmas present. You open it, it's like, you know, 10 ways to lose weight, right? What, I mean, what are you going to say? Um, thanks, right? It's hard to receive it because why? To receive it is to admit that you are, that you're fat, that you need to lose some weight. To, to receive this gift is to admit something that is wrong with you. 
Okay? Or if you're in a financial bind and someone comes and offers you help, financial relief, right? what would you do? You'd probably reject it, and you're also probably a dude, right? But if you took it, if you took that gift, what does that say? You know you have to swallow your pride and admit, maybe I cannot be financially stable. Maybe I'm not self-sufficient. Maybe I cannot make it by myself. There are some gifts that are very hard to receive because to receive it means that you have to admit something about you. And no greater gift that causes you to swallow your pride to the depths than the gift of Jesus Christ to the world on Christmas. For the gift of God, the Father, giving us his son to you, to us, is to say this, you will die without this. You are more lost than you could ever possibly imagine. There is a darkness and an evil in you that if it was to left unchecked, it will ruin and burn this whole world to the ground. And the only way out of it is this gift. The only way out of it, but to us, a son is given. It's a hard gift to swallow. If it took God's son to save us, it must mean that we are in pretty bad shape, right? If it took the son of the living father, the living God, to save us, it must mean that we are probably in a pretty bad shape. It must mean that we can't get ourselves out of this mess. And in order to accept the gift that was given, you have to admit that you are a sinner. You have to admit that there is something broken about you. There's something lost about you. That there's something that seems that cannot find its, that you can't seem to find hope in. There's something that no matter how much you try, how much you yearn, you always seem to be lost more and more. You need to be saved by grace to give up the control of your life to Jesus. It is a gift to you. You guys see that? It's not about what you do. The heart of Christmas is not about what you do. It's about what has been done. The heart of Christmas is not about what you are giving, but what has been given to you. Can I... When it comes to Christmas, church, it's all about Jesus. We love Christmas because of Jesus. Christmas reminds us Reminds us that God uses the unexpected. It reminds us that we are ourselves a lost cause in which he took and he saved and he brought out of darkness. Christmas reminds us, yes, that in the middle of all this utter sense of despair, there's hope. There's real hope. That no matter how bad things get, no matter what, even when the world fades away, there is a hope forever that endures the heart of Christmas, heart of Christmas is Jesus Christ born in a manger to you. And it is a gift to you. And the question you have to ask, the question that you have to really wrestle with is, am I going to receive this gift or reject it? Because it can only be given as a gift. Because in order to receive this gift, you guys give me, in order to receive this gift, you have to realize who you are. You have to swallow your pride and realize and admit that you are more lost than you can possibly ever imagine. You cannot save yourself, church. 
But there's beauty in that. There's hope. There's something beautiful about it being a gift. Because it's not about you anymore. I was listening to a message this week from a guy, a pastor I like. His name is Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, right? He pastors in a church in Ohio. He has a very strong Scottish accent, right? I wish I can. Uh, he gave an illustration, which I wish, I wish it sounded much better in, with the accent, but I can't give it to you in the accent. So I'm going to give it to you word by word in my accent, right? And, and it goes like this. If you were to die tonight and getting entry to heaven as you walk in there, what would you say? What would you say? If you answer in the first person, you've immediately gone wrong. Because I believe that's why I'm in here. That's why I deserve heaven. Because I have faith. Because I am continuing in the faith. If you answer in the first person, you have gone completely wrong. The only proper answer, the only proper answer is the third person because he had faith, because he believed, because he sacrificed, because he gave. Think about, think about, think about the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross, right? I can't wait to meet that guy one day and ask him, how, how did it work? How did it shape out for you, man, right? Because one moment, you're on the cross cussing light out of Jesus, right, with your buddy over there. You've never been to a Bible study. You've never been baptized. You don't attend any membership, right? You don't know a thing about church membership. You have little to no relation with God. And yet, and yet, you made it. You made it. How? How, how did you make it? I mean, imagine the thief on the cross with his last breath walking into heaven and all the angels all confused. And they're looking at this guy like, what are you doing here? I don't know. I mean, what do you mean you don't know? What are you doing here? I, I, I don't know, right? What do you mean? How, how did you, how, hold up, let me get my, let me get my, uh, Supervisor Angel, to talk to you. Hold on. Supervisor Angel walks out. Son, got a couple questions for you. Real fast. Are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? Imagine the thief saying, never heard of it. Okay, hold up. Son, are you, are you, are you clear about the doctrine of Scripture? Never, never read of it in my life. Eventually, out of frustration, the angel finally says, on what basis, then, are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. That's it. The man on the cross said, I can come. It is a gift, church. It is a gift, to enter into his presence. Would we make, stop making Christmas anything less than that? Would we stop making Christmas anything less than that? Than Jesus Christ, our Savior and King. That on this Christmas, we who bear his name, we who call ourselves sons and daughters of the living God, that we would live a life where his name is magnified, his presence is visible, where he himself, when the world looks on us 
as they celebrate Christmas and all that it's turned into. And they will know from you, in you, through you, that there is a gift that's been given to me, which I had no deserving of. But there is a gift in heaven given to me that I have no no reason at all to even receive. What is the heart of Christmas? It's unexpected. There is no such thing as a lost cause. God uses the ordinary. So start seeing people that way. If you're going to give, give to someone you think don't deserve it. What is the heart of Christmas? It is ultimate light, light of hope. Who in your life do you know in this season, having a bad season, that needs hope? Are you offering it to them? Is that the gift you're giving to them? Or do you think buying them a simple pen, book, gadget, is it? Oh, now I have all this hope, all this hope now. I finally got it. Got it. Hope. Are you giving them? Are you showing them the one person whom they need most in their life? Jesus Christ, the living God, the baby born in the manger, where a son is given to us, a gift from Father, God the Father, to his people. The heart of Christmas, guys, is about Jesus. Let's continue to make it about Jesus. Amen? Let's pray.